Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for October 8th, 2021. I'm excited about this message. I get to close out the week strong, head into the weekend strong, and we're going to do it with the word of God. I've been teaching a series entitled God is faithful. I want you to know that our God is faithful. He's faithful to us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will never turn his back on us. And so we've been doing a series inside of the God is faithful series where we have to then do something to to God, right? We have to then in return, because God is faithful to us, we should be faithful towards him. We're learning that we can withstand and overcome anything. Why? Because God is on us. God is in us. God is with us. God is for us. Our God is faithful. All right, so with that said, let's get into the series inside of the series. This is You Can Withstand and Overcome Anything. Why? Because God is on you, in you, with you, and for you. This is part 19 of the series. Part 19, I trust that you've been enjoying this series. The title of today's message is Words of Faith Control the Weather. I'm going to give you an example today because I like to teach by both precept or principle and example. Uh, giving you lots of bi- biblical principles or laws or keys, that's great. But when I give you an example, like something that you can identify with, then then you're like, it, it just takes the principles and the precepts and the keys and the understanding and the laws, it takes it to a whole nother level because now you're able to, to like apply it to your life because you get a better level of understanding. You, you're able to connect with it when you get a story or an example that you can relate to. So I've been teaching you about the importance of your words, and now today we're going to see that words of faith actually control the weather, control the weather, right? And you're like, for real? Yeah, yeah, for real. Let, let's look at this in scripture. But first, uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. That's where we've been for a while. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning at verse 1, the Bible says, now it's because of God's mercy that we have been entrusted with the privilege of this new covenant ministry. And as a result, what's going to happen? We will not quit. We will not faint with weariness. Now, we are like common clay jars that are walking around with this glorious treasure on the inside of us. And this is so that the power that is released through our life could be seen as God and not us. Right. So it's all about him. It's not me. It's all about him. Verse eight, though we experience every kind of pressure, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. We experience every kind of pressure, but we're not crushed. At times, we don't even know what to do. But we know this quitting is not an option. Verse nine, we are persecuted by others, but that's okay because God is with us. He has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we're not knocked out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies. Why? But it's so that the life of Jesus can be revealed through our own bodies. Verse 11, we consider living to mean that we are constantly being handed over to death, but this is so that the life of Jesus can be revealed through our humanity. So then death is at work in us, but it's releasing life in you. Oh yes, we have the same spirit of faith. This is where we are. Verse 13, we have the same spirit of faith that was described in the scriptures where it says, first, I believe, then I spoke in faith. And Paul is like, well, guess what? We also believe and we speak in faith, verse 16, so no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outward man is gradually wearing away, we have an inner man that's being renewed every single day. We view our slight, short-lived troubles within the light of eternity. 
right? We see our challenges within the context or the perspective of heaven. We see our difficulties as the substance that is producing for us an eternal weight of glory that is far beyond all comparison. Why? Because we do not focus on the seen. We focus on the unseen. What is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. So I told you that I'm going to deal with uh, uh, an example today that I believe you can identify with because I've done this. I have prayed uh, for the weather, you know, to, to control the weather. Hey, God, Father, I, I come in agreement. Listen, I, I don't want it to rain today. Like we, we got this going on. We have this big event. You already showed me what this is going to look like. Now there's rain. No, no, no. Now we, we, we ain't doing that. And so, so I'm talking about, I've seen that happen. We've done it. And so, uh, yeah, this is an example. Now people say, come on, really, Rick? That's what you're going to do? You're going to pray against rain? You're going to pray? Uh, yes. I'm saying, well, let's, let's look at what the Bible says, right? I mean, let's, let's look at a biblical example. This is uh, something that uh, we're going to find in, uh, in Kings, but let me start off in James. So in James chapter five, James is teaching about the importance of prayer. And he says something about prayer. Uh, he refers to a prayer that Elijah prayed that we're going to take a look at today. So in James chapter five, beginning at verse 16, James said, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And Elijah, now he's using Elijah as an example. He says, now, Elijah was a man just like us, right? I mean, there was nothing special about Elijah. Like, you know, from that perspective, he was like anybody. God can use anybody. God use Elijah. God can use me. God can use you. Elijah was, was a man just like us. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it didn't rain for three and a half years, for 42 months. It didn't rain. And then he prayed again. After those 42 months, he prayed for it to rain and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced crops, right? So now James is talking about prayer. He's talking about how your prayers can be both powerful and effective. And then he uses Elijah as an example of this. So if you want to see this example of what he's talking about, this great earnest prayer that Elijah prayed, well, you have to go to 1 Kings, 1 Kings 17, 1 Kings 18. Let me give you some context though, uh, if you've never read Kings or Chronicles. So if you read First and Second Chronicles and First and Second uh, kings, what you're going to see is that Israel changed hands uh, from righteous and unrighteous rulers. And so whenever there was a righteous king, then the people prospered. And whenever there was an unrighteous king, then the nation of Israel went down. I mean, it, obviously, you know, you, you, you reap what you sow. And so that was happening. And in first Kings chapter 17, there was a king of Israel, Ahab, who was influenced by his wife, Jezebel, to bring in uh, prophets of Baal, like idol worshipers. And so his wife, Jezebel, influenced him the wrong way. And so now they, he polluted basically the kingdom of Israel. He polluted Israel with idolatry. He polluted Israel with idol worship. So God moved upon the prophet Elijah to basically pronounce a curse over Israel, over the whole region. So Elijah goes to see the king. And the prophet stands before the king because he's led of God to say this. So he's, he's not coming up with something on his own. He says, okay, as surely as the Lord God of Israel lives, the God that I serve, there will be no dew, no rain. He's like, not even dew. Like in the morning, there won't even be no dew. There will be no dew or no rain until I give the word. 
So let me give you the Rick Pina version. The Rick Pina version is he walked up to the king and said, hey, Mr. King, let me holler at your boy. What's up? Hey, it's not going to rain till I say it rains, right? God is not pleased with what you're doing. God is not pleased with you dealing with these prophets of Baal. God is not pleased with you bringing idol worship into Israel. So I'm going to I'm going to pronounce a curse over you. It's not going to rain till I say it rains. He said this out loud. He said this from a believing heart. He said this because God was telling him to say it. And he walked away like it was already done. And it didn't rain. It didn't rain for 42 months, right? Three and a half years later, the Lord moves upon his heart and says, now go back, go back to Israel, go back to the king and pronounce that it's going to rain. Now, this is, this is interesting because at this time, King Ahab had people looking for Elijah. King Ahab was upset because it wasn't raining and people were, were, were you know, it was a drought. And so King Ahab and Jezebel, they had people looking for Elijah to kill him. And so there's a bounty on his head. And God says, now go back and pronounce rain. So he goes back and he was like, okay, fine. His confidence was in God. He comes back to pronounce rain and he goes and to stand before um, Ahab and to pronounce rain. But before he pronounced the rain, he had the showdown on Mount Carmel, right? Uh, I don't, you know, this is, that's not the topic of today's message. So I'm not going to go into that all that much, but he had this showdown on Mount Car Carmel, right? It was, it was uh, Elijah against 450 prophets of Baal. And, and you know the story, like he was like, hey, let's call for fire. Whatever God answers by fire, that let that God be God, right? And so so they start calling. He said, you guys go first. <laughs> and they start calling and they're calling and they're calling. And he's like, hey, maybe your God is sleeping. Uh, maybe your God can't hear you. Why don't you call louder? Like you guys, and he started taunting them, uh, mocking them, talking smack. You know what I'm saying? I love that. I mean, like, you know, when you're from Brooklyn, that's how you roll, you know? And so he was talking all kinds of smack. He was like, maybe your, your God can't hear you. They was cutting themselves. Like, y'all could cut yourself, scream, do all, whatever. Your God ain't real. There's only one God but my God. And so it was like, y'all done? Y'all done? And then he called for fire. Bam! And the fire fell, right? So we know all that story. But when after all of that, the prophets of Baal were dealt with. And after he restored righteousness to Israel, then Elijah was like, okay, now it's time to pray for rain. And so he went, and the Bible says that he got down on the ground with his face between his knees, and he prayed for the rain to come back. And so after he prayed, he goes to his servant and says, hey, hey uh, go check, go run down by the water and see if uh, rain is coming. And so he runs, he comes, he comes back, he said, I don't see nothing. He was like, well, do it again. And so he did it again, comes back, I don't see nothing. So he prayed again, do it again. I don't see nothing. He prayed again, do it again. I don't see nothing. And Elijah prayed eight times and sent him out eight times. And on the eighth time, the servant came back and said, well, I see, I, I see, hold on. I lost my breath, hold on. <laughs> I see a, a small cloud. It is, it's a cloud the size of a man's hand, right? It's sitting over the sea. And Elijah said, well, here we go. Go tell Ahab. Hitch up your chariot, go down before the rain stops you because the rain is coming. And he got up and sure enough, boom, a deluge of rain came and the rain was restored, right? All of this happened. He prayed the first time, made a statement. He prayed the second time a different way and he prayed for the rain to stop. It stopped. He prayed for the rain to come and it come and it came, right? So what does this mean for you today? Like, what can we learn about this? It's a good story, but what can we learn about it? Okay, well, I have three things to share with you on this Friday morning. As I share these, these things with you, these are the things that we can glean from it. Now I, I got to go into teaching mode. You ready? Three things. Number one, here we go. Making a faith-filled statement or a declaration of faith is a form of prayer. 
I, I need to explain this because I actually told you this before when I was dealing with Jesus and the fig tree. But I want you to know that when, when I lead you into, in a declaration of faith, when you make a declaration of faith or you make a statement of faith because of what the Holy Spirit is leading you to say and you're saying it in faith, that's a form of prayer. Jesus spoke to a fig tree. We already saw that story. Mark 11. He, he spoke nine words. No man shall eat fruit from, from thee hereafter forevermore. And he walked away like it was already done. 24 hours later, they come back and the tree was dead. And D, uh, Peter was like, oh, snap, the tree is dead. And Jesus took this as an opportunity to teach his, his disciples about prayer. What was he saying? That statement that I made yesterday, those nine words that I spoke, I spoke words of faith. I spoke them from a believing heart. That was a form of prayer. So now let me teach you how to pray. Whatsoever things you pray for, you know, believe that you receive them. You shall have them. You cannot doubt in your heart. If you say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. You have no doubt in your heart. You're speaking words of faith. You're doing it from a believing heart. You're being led of the Holy Spirit to say it. You're going to have whatsoever you say. So he used that as an example of a prayer, even though he was just making a simple statement. So when you make a statement that may not seem like a prayer, but you're making the statement based on what you're getting input from the unseen realm and you're speaking what you're getting from the unseen realm, you're speaking it into the seen realm and you're speaking it from a believing heart, then it's a form of prayer. It's a form of prayer because Jesus used it that way. Not only that, Elijah, if we look at what, what happened with Elijah, it, you know, when, when I looked at James and it says that Elijah prayed earnestly for it not to rain and it didn't rain. I, the first time I read that years ago, I was like, wait a minute. Elijah didn't pray. Elijah just said something. So I went back and I read the story and I read it. And I was like, God, why, why did James, I asked the Holy Spirit, I was like, why did James say that Elijah prayed earnestly when all Elijah did was say, it's not going to rain until I say it rains. And he walked away like it was already done. And the Holy Spirit was like, hey, that's prayer. I was like, come on, that's not prayer. I'm, I'm telling you, like, at that point in my life, I was like, praying for me was like, you got to get down on your knees. And I was like, no, that's not, listen, prayer has nothing to do with that. Like, he, Elijah spoke what the Lord was like. Elijah, I sent Elijah. I told Elijah what to say. He set his faith in agreement on earth as it is in heaven. And guess what? Heaven was manifested on the earth. Heaven has said no rain is going to come. Elijah said what heaven was saying. He said it from a believing heart. He said it without any doubt in his heart. That was a form of prayer. And I was like, mind blown, right? I was like, I didn't even realize that when you make a declaration of faith and you're speaking the word of faith from a believing heart, then it's a form of prayer. That, that yeah, I mean, God considers that prayer because what is prayer anyway? Prayer is you coming in alignment and agreement with God on earth as it is in heaven. While God's kingdom has come, God's will is going to be done where? On earth. How? As it is in heaven. So when I come in agreement and I say it out loud, that's a form of prayer. So yeah, I got to understand that. Oh, snap. I didn't even realize that. That's part, that's part of me praying without ceasing. When I close out today's word and every, at the end of every message and I say, repeat after me. Now, some people repeat after me from a believing heart. Some people don't. The people that are speaking words of faith from a believing heart, that we're setting our faith in agreement with what heaven is saying to us, that's a form of prayer. Now, it may not be like, hey, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. No, no, but that's a form of prayer, right? Number two, you got to understand this. Get this down in your heart. Your physical posture has nothing to do with prayer. Your physical posture does not matter when you're praying. 
Now, some people are so traditional, and the reason why I know this is because I was raised very religious, very traditional. So for me, prayer had to be like a certain thing, like on my knees or my hands like this or whatever. Or if I was in church, I had to pull that little, I don't even know what the thing is called. You pull it down to where you could put your knees on it, right? So I had that thing, like I had to pull that out, put my hands like, you know, I had to go through this like ritual routine for me to consider that prayer. And, and, and now when you're led of the Holy Spirit, you understand that you're praying all the time because you're setting your faith in agreement with heaven all the time. Some people are so uh, traditional or just flat out religious that they feel as though that they have to have a certain position or posture to, to be able to pray or to consider themselves praying. But listen, when you understand, another thing from a, from a tradition perspective is that, <laughs> let me say this, I think this is funny, but, but it, it's true. Like, um... Some people even think like the loudness of your voice, like when you get super loud when you're praying, like now I'm really praying, I'm praying more powerful. Listen, the volume of your voice or the, the position of your body has nothing to do with it. God is checking your heart, right? I mean, you could be super loud and super without faith, you know what I mean? So, so at the end of the day, your physical posture has nothing to do with it. The, the, the volume of your voice has nothing to do with it. At the end of the day, God is looking at your heart. It's not outward motions. It's the function of your heart. God is looking for faith. When Elijah was praying for the rain to come, yes, he got down on his knees. When he was praying for the rain to come, he put his face to the ground. I was like, oh, so, oh, cool. That's prayer, right? And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed eight times and boom, the, the rain finally came, right? But James also says that Elijah prayed earnestly for it not to rain. And when, when he did that, he didn't do all that. He just walked up and said, Mr. King, uh, guess what? What? It ain't going to rain till I say it rains. And he walked away like it was already done. Both are forms of prayer. You can even make the argument that the first one, uh, just a simple statement, was even more effective, right? Because the other one, he prayed eight times. He was on his knees. He was like, is it there yet? Is it there yet? Is it there yet? And so you can even say that the other one was more effective. He just made a statement. He walked away like it was already done. But here's my point. Both of them were prayers. One, he was standing upright, talking to the king, made a statement, walked away. That was a prayer. The other one, he was on his knees, face to the ground. That was a prayer. Either way, it's a prayer. So all I'm saying is that when you're believing God, when you're, when you're speaking words of faith from a believing heart, when you're setting your faith in agreement for God's will to be manifested on earth as it is in heaven, it's a prayer. It's a form of prayer. And it has nothing to do with the posture or the position of your body or anything like that. Now, why is this important? Okay, I'm going to tell you. You know why this is really important? Because if that's true, if everything I just said is true and it's true, then you should watch what you say. If, if when I speak words, like throughout the course of the day, I could be in a meeting and I say something. If I said it and I really believe what I just said, if that's a form of prayer, then doggone it, you need to watch what you say. See, this is where people don't realize that they're speaking fear and doubt and unbelief all the time. Maybe they prayed in their prayer closet or they prayed in church on Sunday, but then they're in a meeting and they say stuff like, hey, I don't know. I, I just think this is going to fail. Or, they, or they'll say something like, man, this sickness is never going away. Or they say something like, these things just don't work out for me. I always have bad luck. Things just don't work out for me. And they don't understand that that's a form of prayer. If you believe what you just said, now you're praying in the wrong direction. You're setting your faith in agreement with Satan and not with God, but it's a form of prayer. Why? Because you are speaking words of faith from a believing heart. So if you really believe 
that your words matter and your words matter if you really believe that angels are listening to everything that you say because they're ready to move on your behalf. If you really believe that you can set your faith in agreement for heaven to be manifested on this planet in your life, then doggone it, you're going to watch what you say. You can't, you can't stop. You can't just be saying stuff like, oh, well, you, you know, things just never work out for me. I'm just, oh my God, I don't know why. Things, you know, things are always hard for me. Things I don't, for other people, yeah, but for me, okay, guess what? You are speaking that over your life. You are actually, and, and guess what? You believe it too. You know what the text we've been studying? I believe, first I believe, then we speak, right? And so you're actually speaking what you believe and you're setting your faith in agreement with the kingdom of darkness, not the kingdom of light. So you need to change your confession. You need to not allow any corrupt communication to proceed from out of your mouth. If you really believe that God framed the whole world by speaking words, and if you really believe that the power of death and life is in the tongue, and you really believe that God, the angels are listening to, they are Psalms 103 and 20, angels hearken to the voice of the word, and God is watching over his word to perform it, then you can't just be saying stuff all the time. You, you, you have to speak the language of faith. You have to speak what God is leading you to say and speak the word only, right? Never speak a, neg a negative word. Never allow any negative, unproductive word to proceed from out of your mouth. Even if you think it, you just don't say it. You could think it, but don't speak it. Don't let it come out of your mouth. Number three, and finally, as we close out the week, and so I can release you into this weekend, when you pray, you are declaring what you believe from the unseen to be manifested in your life in the scene. And so, but when you pray, you can't be moved by the scene because the point is I'm, I'm praying the unseen and I'm praying for the unseen to be manifested in the scene. So if the scene is contrary to what I said, I just can't be moved by the scene because I'm trying to move the scene. I can't be moved by the scene, right? I'm trying to make this as as simple as possible. Jesus spoke to a fig tree. He said, you're dead, basically. The tree didn't move. He was looking at it. It didn't change. He walked away like it was already done. He wasn't moved by what his physical eyes were seeing. He was only moved by what the Holy Spirit was saying. Elijah declared, hey, it's not going to rain till I say it rains. He walked away. At first, he, re he really had no way of knowing uh, whether or not what he said was going to come to pass or not. He just had to believe it. He had to believe it by faith. And guess what? The next day it didn't rain. Then guess what? The next day it didn't rain. Then guess what? The next day it didn't rain. And God sent him down to the cherub uh, brook and he went down there and he was getting fed uh, um, by ravens. He was getting like Uber Eats from ravens. God was setting a, a ravens to send him food and he was getting food from them. He was drinking water from the brook. And, and so many days had gone by that the river dried up and then God had to send him somewhere else, but he was being led. Guess what? He was like, wow. I, I, I said it wasn't going to rain and it didn't rain and it didn't rain for 42 months. And then God sent him back and he went back and God said, okay, now pronounce rain. And he pronounced rain and he prayed. And this time he prayed eight times and it came to pass. He was persistent. He believed God. He saw, watch this. When he was seeing rain in his heart, this is why you can't be moved. He was seeing rain in his heart. So he prayed for rain and he says to his servant, go check. Servant goes, check, come back. No, there ain't no rain. So he's like, wait a minute. But I'm seeing rain in my heart. There's just no rain here yet. Okay, what do I do? Well, I'll keep praying. So I believe God. Rain is coming. Go back and check again. He goes back. No rain. Come back. 
Well, it's just a matter of time because I'm seeing rain in my heart. Come on now. I'm seeing rain in my heart. So I can't be moved by what I see. I can only be moved by what God is saying to me. And so I'm seeing rain in my heart. So it's only a matter of time before the rain shows up. Let me keep praying. Rain come, rain come. Go check again. What? I'm going to keep saying what God said until I see what God said. I cannot be moved by the natural. I can only be moved by the spirit. God is saying to me, man, I see the rain on the inside. How come the rain is not happening on the outside? What does this mean for you as we close out the week? Listen, God is going to say some stuff to you about your family, your marriage, your career, your children, your business. And what you're praying, you're like, you're seeing it on the inside. But then you go to a meeting and it's not happening yet. You go to, you have a conversation with your spouse and it's not happening yet. You look at your kids' grades and it's not happening yet. And you can't be moved by, by what's happening on the outside. You can only be moved by what's happening on the inside. You got to be moved by the inside and you got to pray what God is telling you on the inside. And you got to speak the word only and you got to speak what God is revealing to you. And you cannot be moved. You cannot be moved by the natural. You cannot be moved by the seen. We are living by the unseen. The unseen has to be more real to you than the seen. You got to get to the point where you are only moved by what God is saying on the inside. I'm going to say what God is saying to me until I see what God is saying to me and I shall not be moved. I shall not be shaken. I'm steadfast, unmovable. I'm going to speak the word. I'm going to speak what God is, is speaking to me. I'm going to declare what God is declaring to me. And then as I go, guess what? What's going to happen? I'm going to speak the word all the time. I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to be shaken. I'm not going to be stirred. And I understand the power of my word. So I'm never going to speak a negative word. I'm going to speak the language of faith on a daily basis. I've given you enough my God, let me just close this message out with a declaration of faith. I'm going to send you into the weekend. You might, if you need some encouragement this weekend, listen to this thing again. Lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, this is a season of leveling up for me. I level up by speaking the language of faith daily. I learn from the examples of Jesus and Elijah. I live with an attitude of prayer. I pray in my designated place. But I also pray throughout the day. So when I say something that you're leading me to say, and I say it in faith, without a doubt in my heart, it is a form of prayer. Understanding this, I realize that I'm praying all the time. I spend my day saying what I'm seeing in my heart. I don't have to be in a certain place. I don't have to be at a certain time. I don't have to have a certain position. I don't even need to raise my voice. I speak the language of faith from a believing heart and my words tap into your power. If words kill the tree, if words stop the rain and then words brought the rain back, then I'm going to speak the language of faith over my family, my finances, my physical body, my career, my business, my church, my community, my entire sphere of influence. I speak the word only. Guess what? Greater is coming for me. I shall have what I say. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org. Click on the big red subscribe button. If you want my notes, get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. So go to todaysword.org. 
click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes for free. Do me a favor. Do me two things. Go into the chat. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Listen, it's Friday. So on Fridays, I do remind you about our YouTube channel and also what we're doing in the Dominican Republic. If you want to be a blessing, if you want to partner with us, go to ripministries.org, make a donation. All the donations are tax deductible in the United States. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing weekend. God bless you.